Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, teacher, and also your host. And just before we start the show, I'd like to thank TheMimiBoutique.com again for being a collaborator. Go check it out. Use the discount code FRAN10 for 10% off. Also, if you do purchase something using this code, you can send me confirmation of your purchase and I will gift you with a free album download of your choice. This offer is available to you, the free album download, for the next two weeks. So take me up on it. Thanks again to everyone who has been reaching out. I love hearing from you. Keep writing in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Jessica Deutsch. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background and how your inspiration for the arts started, where it started, how it started. Yeah, ever since I was really young, I was always painting and in my like happiest, most like peaceful, focused state when I was making art. And um, along with loving making art, I also developed a real passion for um, spirituality and Jewish texts and stories and kind of long-ish, I don't know how long, but life story short. Um, now I'm living in Brooklyn and doing the visual art thing here and yeah, I'm just kind of like always creating and I think it's really fun to approach my work as um, play whenever I can. I love to have fun with my work. I love to surprise myself with it. So did you get any proper formal training in the arts as a child? Uh, great specific question. Yeah, well, I grew up going to Jewish day schools, so there was some art there. You went to Ramaz, right? Yeah, I went there for high school. Um, but always growing up, I was doing um, outside of school art classes um, just to like keep that energy going. And I went to Parsons School of Design, and I went there thinking I would do fashion, pivoted to fine art, and then found my way in illustration. So, yeah, I think my work these days kind of um, sort of dances in fine art and illustration. So, yeah, I did a four-year program there and got my BFA. Tell us now how you transition from doing the formal arts education into building your brand. And I don't know exactly in what order you want to go into, but we like to talk about the monetization or the business side of the art and I guess maybe a great segue to it is you did go to high school like Ramaz which has a reputation for going for the highest paying job professions <laughs> and then you take a little turn here and you're like you know what I think I want to do the artist route the risk it all type of thing it's kind of funny how it like has developed that reputation at school um yeah, I mean, I also got really lucky that I have two wonderful parents who really saw me for who I am and what I'm best at. And when it came to applying to colleges, um, it didn't make sense to my parents why I would want to apply to like liberal arts programs or something that was art plus another thing that was probably seemingly safe to other people. So that was really helpful. I think for a lot of people, that's a big struggle to deal with, um, kind of like proving 
your like dedication to art to your family. So that was really helpful. But um, yeah, I definitely had some confused college advisors. And um, as soon as I got accepted into Parsons um, and a couple other great art schools in New York, um, yeah, I immediately like dropped all the liberal arts <laughs> applications and um yeah, it just, that was the one thing I really thrived in. And I was a decent enough student in high school, but I think once I started college, um, it was definitely super overwhelming, but it was like the first time I was doing consistently really well <laughs> academically. Um, so that was definitely encouraging, but, um, yeah, it was uh, a big journey being in art school, quite demanding. <laughs> so tell me more about what that was sure, like well, as a religious Orthodox young woman. Yeah, before I went to Parsons, I went to seminary in Israel in the old city. And that was also my first um, like all women's intensive religious experience. Like as I did go to Jewish day schools, but I... I think I had like one good friend that was like Shomer Shabbat when I was in high school. So it was sort of funny. I was really excited to just like <laughs> make some nice Jewish observing friends. Um, and that was definitely um, a bit of a, a shock going from Harova to Parsons. Um, it's a really cutthroat environment, art school. And I definitely entered it feeling a bit nervous, like what's going to happen to like all the spirituality that I felt I had gained the past year. But I think going to art school was for me, once I got past that fear was really a way to connect my two passions. And like pretty quickly I start, that was like the first time I started really making Jewish art before then. I felt that it was kind of two separate headspaces when I was like in my art flow or if I was in some sort of more intentionally Jewish experience. Um, so yeah, I started getting assignments in school that were pretty open-ended in terms of like thematically what we wanted to create. So I would end up, um, I would, I'm always like enjoy learning on my own different things, reading different Tzvarim. And once I started Parsons, I also got very excited about studying Pirkei Avot. So I was like constantly making little art pieces about different teachings and it was a fun way for me to also share like who I really am with my classmates um I didn't really at least in my department I didn't have um there was no one else who was Jewish so it was a fun way to really I think refine how it is I share my Jewish identity with people in a way that's pretty simple to understand but I think also meaningful yeah Totally. I love that Perkei Avo project that you speak of that I heard about. Cool. <laughs> I, I'm actually working on a song, so doing the four Ezehus, and I'm collaborating. Oh, great. It's such a rich book. <laughs> oh, yes. And I feel like there's room for there to be attitude, for there to be call to action almost. Totally. It's something that brings out emotions out of people, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I talk about that book all the time with people. Um, it was also this comic book that I made, the Perkevo graphic novel. It was my senior thesis project, um, which was definitely one of the most like challenging things I've ever signed up to do, but also a really 
Tell me why. <laughs> um, so I've never made a book before. And um, I was doing all these art assignments that would relate to a teaching or two for my homeworks. And then for my thesis, I thought, like, I've been playing with this book for a while. Like, let's make something with the whole thing. My teacher was really excited about it, but he also didn't really know anything about creating books. So I was kind of on my own. And um, yeah, I had I was pretty naive about it, which I'm pretty grateful for. I think if I knew how challenging and how much time it would be when I first decided to do it, it would have seemed like sort of an insane thing to do. Um, but really worthwhile projects take a lot of time. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience because I would go to my thesis class with like a bag full of different versions of Perkea votes and I would just sort of like spread my books across my desk while other people would be painting, drawing. Um, I would be like deep diving into figuring out all the different perspectives of teachings. So it was sort of funny out of all places that I would like refine my knowledge on this Mishnah would be in art school <laughs> and that it would be encouraged, you know. Was it writing based or was it visually based? So ended up being a combination. Um, I've started doing my own personal writings like about two years ago, but at the time, um, so I illustrated all the teachings, but I also figured that this was like a great opportunity to come up with a unique translation. Um, so there are certain Mishnahs that um, I also worked closely with an editor and he and I really like we wanted to have fun with it and we wanted to make it a Mishnah that we felt really represented the spirit and energy of like the time that we're in and um, the potential of Jewish creativity and how much we can open up the text for people. Um, so yeah, that was a big job was writing. Also the whole book was made by hand. Um, so that took a lot of time and once I graduated, I started working at um, a collective studio space. So I started meeting like professional comic book people who would give me a lot of advice. And um, yeah, I remember once talking to this guy who worked with like all the big name comics and I was working with um, like an inkwell and it was like a very romantic, beautiful process. But he just sort of like blankly one day told me like, you're wasting your time doing that. No one will care. Like go buy some markers. <laughs> So yeah, the book went through many revisions, but I also, um, I'm now a lot kinder on myself when I try new things, but yeah, it was so ridiculous. I made my first book was like over a hundred pages, completely illustrated. Like wow. <laughs> I would never advise someone to do that, but that was just like my process <laughs> and now things seem a lot simpler. <laughs> I make much smaller books. Okay, so you graduate from Parsons, and then what's next? So you try, I don't like using the word try. Now your goal or mission is to turn your passion into a career. Okay, so let's talk about what that looks like for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think also for a lot of people, like those few months after graduating um, could be yeah, it's such a unknown time. It could be kind of scary. And um, it just like anything feels like a possibility. But also, I think for me, a lot of like, doubt did flood in because it took a while to find a home for my book. I was, um, I sent it out to like all the Jewish publishers. And um, 
I think it took about, I think it was like six months until I found a publisher and I could be a pretty impatient person. And in my head, that was a pretty long time. But I then learned, um, like I said, I didn't really know that many people who did what I was up to. So I was somewhat shooting in the dark with my process, but also I think my impatience really helped me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was teaching at a Hebrew school. I was, um, I still do. I love painting ketubas for people. I think it's a fun way to just like practice painting and getting paid. Um, so yeah, I just tried to figure out, um, kind of, I, once I found the publisher, it still wasn't, um, quite a big enough of an advance to just drop everything that I was doing and jump into the book. And also I love working on different things at a time. I play with a lot of different styles too. So, um, to just work on this one project in a very particular black and white line drawing, um, would have been a bit draining. So yeah, I was just doing like the freelance Manhattan art hustle, <laughs> uh, doing lots of little gigs, teaching with kids and the wedding stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just working late nights on this book. Wow. And you've had several impressive exhibitions. Thanks. <laughs> Could you talk about how you got them and what they ultimately did for you Sure. and what you display? Yeah, well, I think the first really exciting show for me was when I was, um, this was the beginning of my senior year of school, I participated in the first Jerusalem Bainali. Um, it's been going on for a while now, but I showed some of my pre-graphic novel Pirkei Avot art. This was before I was putting text into the art. It was just illustrations. Um, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I was lucky enough to be able to make the show in Jerusalem. And it was a really helpful confidence boost to just, you know, see my work up in this beautiful space um, with Jerusalem stone around it. Um, I, yeah, I think you never know, like, what experience that you agree to do will get you to where you're at but every little thing helps you know um that was really exciting um I'm trying to think what other things I've been a part of so you go to communities and conferences yeah I got really lucky to like connect to the Lee Mood Network it's um a really it's unique in each city but there are so many of these Jewish festivals that um will either fly out or bring from in the community creative Jewish people to just share what they're up to. So yeah, uh, two summers ago, I went to New Zealand. I also went to the one, the first one I went to was the one in the UK, which is so wild. It's like a week long conference. Um, they take over this hotel. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's nice to like get prizes like that. Obviously it feels really great. Um, but um, those are nice, like temporary kind of like vitamins, I guess <laughs> I would describe them as that. Um, I think my goal lately has been trying to figure out, um, so yeah, also when I was going to these conferences, I wasn't really living anywhere. I was doing the nomadic artist thing for a bit. I was living out of a few suitcases. Um, I spent some time in Israel working on a teacher's guide for this, then went home for a minute to my parents then went to the UK, went back to Israel for a bit, California. Um, so it was really fun to run around for a bit and um, 
yeah, I've been living in Brooklyn for the past two years. So it's been nice to like have some roots here and connecting with community here has been really great. Um, yeah. And I've also started to try to um, create opportunities for my work that will also help promote other local artists. So I think that's a really fun thing too. And what kind of things are those? Well, this past Sunday, I'm still like definitely um, flowing from like the energy of this event. Um, I decided to put together a little holiday market um, in Crown Heights at this like really sweet young shul. And I was really expecting like my family and maybe a few friends to come. And there was like a constant flood of people and I think we're all just like so shocked (laughs) that our best case scenario um, sort of idea could have happened. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely believing more. Were you the only merchant artist there? Uh, No. So it was my idea to put it together. And I kind of made this open call on Instagram for like whoever wanted to join. I try not to be too like exclusive with things. And I think it's really fun. Like, People have definitely, you know, giving me opportunities, you know, years ago, and I definitely believe in art karma. So there was a lot of people who are a part of it um, that have never like sold or showed their art outside of like their homes before. So that felt really fun to like provide that opportunity for people. And um, it felt like we were developing some sort of like creative network and supportive community space. So stuff like that I really enjoy doing. Um, And yeah, also while I was working on my Pierre Vote book, I took a month off to work at a program in California called BCI. Have you heard of it? No. So it's like, um, it's part of American Jewish University. And it's like this creative, intentional Jewish community, pluralistic, um, all things wonderful summer program for young adults. And I taught a 2D art workshop there to people who are like 18 to 30 who never really did um, visual art stuff before. Um, So yeah, I love working also with people who this isn't their normal life, you know, making art all the time. So tell me what 2D art is. What does that look like? Sure, I guess like simply put um, works on paper, (laughs) things that are uh, flat in a physical sort of way. Um, but yeah, even though most of my work nowadays, um, is very illustration based and that means that there's like usually a story that's, um, clearly being expressed. Um, I think it's really fun to try to encourage people to make the art that, um, I can't really teach them how to make the art that's somewhere inside of them. And I love just like providing, materials and some sort of prompt and like I think time limits are also really helpful um so that's always a lot of fun and like a real great joy to like see other people like surprise themselves with seeing that they could create something awesome for sure so your main income streams are from classes selling art occasionally and doing presentations events Yeah, I've been doing a little less workshop stuff. But um, yeah, it's always really fun to like be invited to talk at a community, um, just about my work. Usually, um, I just uh, two weeks ago visited um, the Greenpoint Jewish community in Brooklyn, spent Shabbat with them, gave two talks. And yeah, I 
Well, I'm interested in, you know, other things besides for art. That's definitely a huge part of who I am. And it feels really lucky that people will welcome me into their space to talk about what I do. And it's a pretty easy way for me to kind of explain myself and connect to other people. So yeah, that is one way that I've been making art. And um, yeah, I'm also, I've, I've been really missing uh, doing more of the fine art kind of work. So as you can see right now, um, I work from Dumbo primarily in a studio space and I moved my kitchen table there and um, I thought I'd have all this space and like within minutes I ended up moving an easel into here. So yeah, my apartment is now like my fine art painting space and um, yeah, it's been so much fun. I'm hopefully going to have like a body of work to show by spring. Um, yeah, I've been really inspired by Rebbe Nachman's stories. So I've been painting some thoughts about that lately. Um, yeah, so really it's <laughs> uh, my financial life is a lot of juggling. <laughs> For sure. But I love how you connect your Jewish roots to your art, how they're so connected, even though your art is very out there with all kinds of different visualizations. I feel like I have to study your art. <laughs> but I love the spiritual aspect to it. I oh, think it brings thanks. a lot of depth to it. And you did mention earlier, and I wanted to just follow up, something about what you're working on more now. Sure. <laughs> I know I did say something. And I'm like, what did I say? Um, well, basically, I'm trying to achieve some sort of like new understanding, I guess, of what like work life balance is. And um, I'm learning that for me to like feel my most alive and happy is like working on a bunch of things at once and feeding all the parts of like my creative soul. Um, so yeah, I guess that I have my little painting set up back here. Um, I'm currently working on two commission books um, with, yeah, my friends like joke, a lot of my life is also just like meeting up with like different rabbis in Brooklyn talking about creative projects that they'd be interested in doing. Um, and it's also a fun way for me to connect to communities here. Um, yeah, I really love being connected to different uh, communities who like express their Judaism in different ways. That's very enriching for me. Um, so I'm working on a graphic novel with um, a Chabad rabbi um, who works at Pratt, which has been a lot of fun. I'm working on a kid's book with um, another rabbi. It's about um, also Rebbe Nachman inspired. Um, yeah, I've been stepping a little bit back from the wedding things. And um, yeah, my dream would really be to just full on do my thing. But until that happens, I got to like say that the commission stuff does usually inspire um the personal work yeah I definitely identify with working on a bunch of projects because you don't know which ones are going to get you the most exposure or the next gig or you don't know what's going to give you the most satisfaction eventually you do figure out what's what you enjoy most and which things are you going to ease out yeah and it's also it's sort of funny sometimes like um when you then end up sharing your work with other people, like once it's out there, it's not really like up to us, you know, like, for sure. <laughs> so that's always kind of a, a funny, um, yeah, people will sometimes surprise me with like what speaks to them. And just because I think something is like a stronger piece, um, doesn't mean I'm like, correct, um, for all the people and who I'm hoping would be my audience. Very true. So I'd like to ask you about your personal life a little bit and how 
your art has affected your personal life? Sure. I think that for a while, my art was pretty much straight up, like very joyous and celebratorial of like, mostly all things Jewish related. That was kind of my goal at the time. It wasn't to really um, take such a personal stand or um, be contradictory. It was really to like, just embrace something that I genuinely loved. And um, I mentioned before, I like about three years ago, tried to like, begin my writing process. And um, that started when I was doing the nomadic traveling art thing. And that was honestly one of the most like fun times in my life. So the writing, <laughs> it was just like, oh, went running around today, drew some things here, hung out with some cool people there. And it wasn't that interesting. And then um, I started to write, I had this, um, I call it like a, one of my like really young, important, like young adult breakups. And that really like got a lot of good writing flowing. And um, it was so helpful to just like moving on and um, being honest with my feelings, not trying to push things away, but to really hold them in a way that felt like I was honoring a challenging experience. And yeah, I never really understood why people like loved writing and were obsessed with morning pages. And um, for a while, I was just like, I needed to start and end my day with like, writing several pages in my sketchbook and my sketchbooks definitely turned into journals over time, which was also a funny surprise. So yeah, I find that um, I need different mediums in my life to kind of express um, either like joys or like help me like move through things. Um, so yeah, I've been very grateful uh, for writing. Um, and um, another thing that um, I, st it hasn't really made its way into my art, but I did a fellowship last year um, with the 14th Street Y and they actually paid for me to do a doula training. So like to attend births and give support to the couple. And after I did the training, I like did not feel ready to be present for someone. So once the fellowship ended, um, I actually started to go to births. Um, and I went to two this past summer and it was, it was just so amazing. Um, <laughs> like if you feel like you're in another planet when you're attending a birth. Um, so yeah, that's been like my Initially, I really wanted to make art about it, but it almost felt so obviously like poetic. <laughs> um, but it felt like my extreme hobby outside of art making, which I don't have too, too many of. And it's sort of nice to have um, those experiences that I don't just, you know, simply share like on social media. It's more like, oh, my good friends will know like these wild birth stories and um yeah, I'm grateful that I got that opportunity. <laughs> Does this affect your dating life at all, being an artist, may I ask? <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes people will learn about my art and maybe think, you know, one thing or another about me. But um, yeah, making art is like my first and like always love. So <laughs> I don't think it's ever... Um, 
caused any sort of difficulty. I've definitely dated people who've not totally like understood the writing stuff, um, which is fine. I, a lot of my art, um, especially the writing, like that's for me. <laughs> um, but has it, I can't really think of a, an instance where it's caused any sort of tension. I think if anything, it just like, it helps me like deal with anything that's like challenging or think things through. <laughs> it's interesting because as opposed to, or in contrast to people who have, you know, more clear cut careers. Yes, let's say they're a doctor or a teacher or a therapist. It's not identified as who they are, even though it is, at least in America. Hi, what's your name? What do you do? When when you're an artist, it's one and the same. <laughs> and you're so vulnerable because your your art is you. Your therapist is not you and your patients are not yeah. you. <laughs> Totally. It is a funny thing. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that like people who aren't familiar with my work don't totally know who I am. But yeah, it's a funny, unique thing that artists have where, yeah, their career, um, if that is their like full on career, like is very much a part of who they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> Do you think there's there's a point where you'll be like, you know what, I'm going to do something else so I could only focus on the parts of the art that I do enjoy. Meaning sometimes artists decide that I enjoy just this part of the art, for example, and it's not worth it for me to do the unenjoyable parts of the art just to pay my bills. I'd rather have something unrelated that's not draining me so much be the source of the bill paying yeah, for for some people, I hear that's really helpful. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely will, you know, I will sometimes complain about work being hard, clients being difficult, but like, I love what I do. <laughs> and um, I think that yeah, being an artist is like one of the like greatest gifts to get to be if you can make it work. Um, I think I felt some guilt or confusion around that initially, but um, like I owed it to someone to, I don't know, be miserable at work or something. Cause I think especially, I mean, people could be intense anywhere, but yeah, New York will have a reputation for an extra intensity around professional life. Um, but I also kind of realized I, I am kind of <laughs> intense about my art too, just as much as I think, you know, a lawyer would be about a case or a businessman about a deal. Right. I don't think we don't take it as seriously. I think we work harder than a lot of other professionals. Definitely. Every day could be a work day. <laughs> oh, yeah. The work is a lot more draining sometimes. Mm -hmm. So leading into continuing the conversation of enjoying your work and how you are making it work and you have considered other paths but this is your path we'll start with what are the things you love and the things you hate about your industry or things you're you love doing and the things you despise doing that you have to do great question <laughs> yeah well I think I've also been I've been trying over the I've been doing this for a little while and I think that the past like two years, I've started to try to like pay attention to like, what are the things that are harder for me to do? And like, what are the things I feel like I have to do? Um, there's this pressure that um, 
illustrators also should be like graphic designers. Um, and I used to do some logo making for people or for weddings, I'd make monograms. And I really hated doing that kind of stuff. And I realized like, I hate doing the things that aren't really like what I've been trained to do and what, um, yeah, what I'm like the best person for. Um, I'm not the best person for all the digital stuff and people will often mistake that. And I feel this obligation. I think that's a hard thing. Also something that, um, I guess would fall under the category of like things that I don't love about this industry. Um, but I think it's also human nature to be worried about like, when is the next, where's the next check coming from? So we feel like we sometimes have to agree to jobs that we're not necessarily super stoked to do. Um, but it feels like an opportunity. Um, so we say yes to more things than we probably want to do. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to be more honest with myself with like what makes sense to do. And I'm learning that like faking it, <laughs> um, for things that I really hate, um, doesn't work for me and it ends up taking me a lot longer time. And I've also recently decided to like for most of my jobs, I'm like painting everything by hand. Um, and I thought I was going to approach more of this stuff digitally. And for a bit this summer, I was um, like, especially for the kids book I'm working on. Um, I even think it might have looked better digitally, but I so hated it. <laughs> like the process of sitting with my iPad for hours. And um, I'm just I'm so happy to like go to my studio and sit and paint for hours. And um, yeah, seeing something really come to life, even though I'm working on paper, just like being able to touch all the paints um, and not having a screen in front of me, um, it's really invigorating. So yeah, just being honest with what I actually um, am good at and what I'm happy to do and excited to do, um, that's been really helpful. And um, yeah, a good way to sort of hopefully do less of the things that I don't love about the industry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what would you tell your younger self or any other aspiring artist? So yeah, I'm always telling myself to like, <laughs> if I'm, if I like, um, okay, patience is so important. <laughs> um, just, yeah, I could go into more of that, but just that on its own is just so important. And um, I think also when like things are easy, we're not really practicing patience. Like patience is really practiced when um, it feels really hard and challenging too. Um, like I said, especially when I was younger, I was super impatient with like wanting to like jumpstart my career. Um, I would also say that it's okay for everyone to not you know, really get your work or love it. I think also if you're trying to say something specific that already will eliminate some people, but also makes for stronger work um, when you're not just trying to make the most open-ended work. Um, so yeah, have a voice. Um, I think taking risks is really important. And um, another thing that I think could be really hard for people um, networking can be such a weird thing I think also for people like me I'm so used to like sitting in my workspace by myself sometimes with studio mates um it has a weird kind of feeling but making friends in your industry is really nice so 
find some creative allies and like just show up to the things and connect to people that um, are in a similar boat as you. I think artists talk about that more than fine artists talk about that more. The collaborating and network as a friends type of network, not just collaborating network, which I think exists more in the dancing, singing, instrumental. It's, you know, let's do a project together and then you become friends over it. As opposed to having like coffee on Tuesdays with all the artists, let's come and hang out. We don't have that for some reason. <laughs> and I just wanted to follow up on the books, the commission book projects you're working on. So you went to rabbis and you told them, you know, is there anything you dream of creating? I'll do that for you and you pay me money. Is that how that works? So after my Pirkei Vote book came out, I got really lucky that um, also, so it was both, well, it felt um, really challenging at the time that it took four years, which really isn't that long for such a big project. Um, I was, um, I was living in Manhattan at the time. And yeah, for my own like spiritual satisfaction, I would like show up to different synagogues, different types of communities and introducing myself and through that kind of welcoming people on this journey of like oh who are you I'm Jess I'm working on a Pirkei Avot comic book and people would get so excited and um, I didn't even realize it but I was really like inviting whoever I met um, to be a part of like kind of birthing this book along the way like to help midwife it out um, so yeah um, the people who I'm working with now um I was somehow already like connected to them. Um, one of the rabbis was friends with a sister of mine. The other one, I did a workshop or like a, I did some sort of book event at his space. Um, so yeah, through being friends with them, um, also through after coming out the book, I would hear from so many people <laughs> their book ideas. Um, so it was, yeah, it came kind of naturally, I guess. Um, it was a little less me chasing them and more like, oh, I'm here, we're friends, you have an idea, let's do this. <laughs> Fascinating. So this has been so fun hearing your story, hearing your perspective, and just your fearlessness in pursuing your, your passion. Oh. It's, it's exactly who we love hearing on the show, I feel like. It's so important because as much as New York is full of hippies and we, we love it and everything, <laughs> there's so much criticism toward creatives like you like so many others out there like myself we're the hardest in ourselves and that's what I love about this podcast I just get to meet people <laughs> like you who are just despite all the messages we are we have around us and we grow up with yeah <laughs> there's this inner voice this inner passion this mission this you know these things make sense in our head somehow and we we commit so much of our time to one project for example mm -hmm. and it's so undefined and so unstructured and it's so full of risk so it's just an inspiration talking to tonight it's been really nice and where can people find you and any closing remarks <laughs> sure well um i tend to share a lot of my work on Instagram. You can find me at Jessica underscore Tamar underscore Deutsch. Um, I'm hoping to start an email list, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, I think there's something fun about getting like handwritten letters in your 
inbox. Um, and yeah, I guess a closing remark, just like what you were saying now, I think that also being a freelance artist is like such a practice in Amuna. Um, I feel like you'd probably <laughs> agree with that. Um, yeah, just like faith that um, all the, you know, efforts and time and years of like perfecting your craft um, really mount up to something. And um, yeah, I think like while we're the hardest on ourselves, I think it's really important to be like one of your biggest fans as well and to like love your work and believe in it. Um, so yeah, thanks so much. This was really so lovely. Thanks so much for coming on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the show. And once you're on iTunes, leave us a good review. This podcast is available on all your favorite podcast apps on jewishcoffeehouse.com and on franciscamusic.com. If you'd like to reach out to me, please do so by emailing me at franciscak at gmail.com. F-R-A-N-C-I-S-K-A-K-A-Y at gmail.com. If you aren't already, please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Francisca Music for my updates, announcements, some inside information on the podcast, where I share my stories and my posts. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get notifications when the new episodes are uploaded. For example, next week we have another No More Silence episode. I know we have some specials who join in just for that segment. And then the week after that, we have Shindel and Tell Us on. So I'm so excited. Keep coming back. Keep reaching out. And have a great week. See you next time. Bye.